This podcast is brought to you by Heinen's. Founded in 1929 in Shaker Heights, Ohio, by local butcher Joe Heinen, Heinen's has grown to 23 total locations, with 19 stores in the Cleveland area and four in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. After years of building connection with Midwest farmers, it became a part of Heinen's nature to do business with smaller regional companies. Today, Heinen's is proud to carry nearly 700 Midwest-made non-produce items that are present in all departments. For more information, go to Heinen's.com. Welcome to the Craft Food Classroom Podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by Central Kitchen Media. And now, here's your host, Eric Diamond. This is Eric and David bringing you the next episode of the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. David, how you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. There's drinks around. Uh, yeah, there's drinks. I smell pizza. Man, what's up with you, man? How are you doing? I've been, you know, I'm doing well. Kids are back in school. You know, it was, uh, it's been a challenging year for them with the whole pandemic, but they're back in and, and getting settled. And So tell me real quick, yeah. because I'm, our, our, Children start school next Tuesday, so you got a week on. Yep. How how was it? So you know, I'll tell you what. So my my oldest boy, Aiden, he is going into sixth grade, and so this is the year where they change classes, and mm-hmm. he's at the he's at the um, middle school now. He was nervous, mm. you know. He was nervous, and I could just tell. You know, you know, you're those a, are tough years. Yeah, those are tough. Mm-hmm. And you're a dad, and you can tell. And yeah. He came home though, and he was like, "I love it." He was stoked. I yeah, can't cool. wait to go back. It cool. was awesome. Now today was the first day for my son Lincoln, and he was. Very, very nervous because mm. he said this is the first year he's ever been in a school where his brother wasn't there. Yeah, oh wow, his brother's moved up. He had to survive on his own. He had to fend for himself. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Aiden always walked me to my classroom. He always walked me to the bus, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you're gonna, you're growing up, you're gonna yep. be good. Yep. So that's good. Thanks for asking. No problem, man. We are very excited to talk with our next guest. Speaking of growing up, growing up, man. you know, wow, Clark Pope. Pope's Cocktails and, and Products. And, uh, welcome, yeah. Clark. Yeah, well, welcome, buddy. Welcome. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. It, it's an absolute privilege. I will argue I do try to grow older and not necessarily up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Every time you ask Clark, how you doing, Clark? What are you up to, Clark? Well, about five, five. Five, five, yeah. Five, five. yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Clark, you are probably, what, one of the oldest members of CCLK, now Central Kitchen. You were what, number three? I have key number three. Really? CCLK, key the 2800 three. location. Get out yeah, of And here. that would have been in 2013? Oh, God. Yeah. Are they really that old? We're that old. They, 2013. Yeah, it's been a while. It was um, uh, Mason's Creamery, mm-hmm. Chill Pop, and Pope's. All three wonderful brands that are still around today. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Way to, that's the way to... Start it yeah. off, right? Yeah. F- Clark was in our very first ever incubator class. Yeah. I have a signature on an apron. Yeah. My memory's right. I saw there that were, apron. There were 10 companies. Yep. And I believe six of us are still selling. Yep. Um, three have their own standalone operations, um, such as you know, Chill Pop and Masons are there yep. doing their thing. And so, you know, it's a heck of a group to start off heck with. Yeah, yeah heck was, yeah. You know? that's, a, that's a solid, solid yeah, that group. That was a solid, solid group. So before that, though, I love your story. So before that, let's walk back. You weren't, you weren't always in food. No, no. Before I did this, I was actually a high school special education and history teacher. 
Wow, and Shaker, and, right? And Shaker, a couple of years downtown Cleveland, and then immediately I was at the Copley Fairlawn uh, School District at the uh, Copley Fairlawn High School. Wow. wow. How yeah. long did you do that? Like, were you teaching? So, got married in 2000. Um, my wife, a saint and a great patient woman, said, oh, sure, let's get married and you can leave corporate and go back to school to become a teacher. And so, I did that instantly and did about three years of substitute teaching running my catering company in the evenings and taking classes at night. Wow. And then, so I think I subbed in four years, taught downtown for three years, got my master's and taught at Shaker for three years, taught in Copley for three years, and then branched out and had this opportunity. Uh, When I left Copley, I was already doing products for uh, Fresh Fork, and I had products in the Strongsville Market Districts and in Whole Foods. Okay. And had about 11 items that we were in regular rotation. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Where did, where did this love of food come for you? Because even when you were teaching, you had a catering company. and I know. And he's like yeah. working on this yeah. catering company at night. Yeah. And- well, we had a really interesting base rule in my house growing up. If you cooked, you did not do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. This worked okay. for everybody mm-hmm. except, of course, my sister because my father would just do her dishes. She was a baby girl? My, my, no, or just my so, older sister. She's, okay. Just but— so, I mean, that came from that, and then a lot of Boy Scouts. I, my Boy Scout troop, I'm an Eagle Scout, class of 91, and my Boy Scout troop, we went camping every month. Oh, wow. And when you were camping all the time, if the food is great, it doesn't matter if the weather is not. Right? <laughs> Interesting, yeah, I guess. If yeah. you've got 72 in sunshine, and you're having roasted potatoes and vegetables and sirloin in a foil packet, right, and you're doing, you know, pies for dessert, it's a great weekend. Heck, yeah. If it's 30 degrees and cold and you're still having grilled steaks, it's still a great weekend. <laughs> I agree. I agree. If peanut butter and jelly and cold, don't cut it. Right, right. And um, one of the gentlemen that I got my Eagle Scout with is actually graduated from Johnson & Wales, top of his class. Really? Like we, we had a lot of people in the industry got out of my Boy Scout troop and are in food in some direction because that's the first things you learned was how to cook, how to manage a fire— and first aid because you know <laughs> the knives and fire part, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's so how like did a you cooking camp? Cooking yeah. camp. How mm-hmm. did you start your catering company? So you know you always have these opportunities of of soft knocks, right? Yeah. And I was a youth advisor at, at my church, and one of the other youth advisors, her best friend from college was getting married, and she was going to host the the bridal shower. And not a lot of people know this this the roots of this actual story. The groom's mother was being very uptight and pushy, and her son wasn't going to marry a woman whose best friend thought it was okay to do beer and pizza. (laughs) Oh, boy. And, you know, we're all very young, you know, mid-20s, late-20s at this point, and I'm like, I'll do all the food because I love to entertain. I love to do food. You just pay for the groceries. I'll do the whole thing. And she's like, what's that get me? I said, you just blame everything on the caterer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she did. So she called the, the, the groom's mother, called, and, and she's like, oh, I got a caterer. And instantly, every complaint went away. Yeah. Nice. So everything that happened, the caterer did the flowers. The caterer did, like, <laughs> and I didn't do the flowers. But like anything right, right. that— just got that, blamed that, for it. Right. right, which is completely fine. And my whole day was we did mimosas, and every time the host's mimosa got down to about half, I would literally just swap it right out of her hand, <laughs> right? Like, Kept her on full. Yeah. And, um, Kept her on full. You know, Les- Leslie, I love you if you hear this. Um, <laughs> and so that was, my, that was my first, quote, catering. And then 
uh, maybe a year later, and this is well before getting married, she was doing a thing at the Beck Center. And I'll never forget this. It's like art opening for for women's art or something. And they had a, a speaking forum. Mm-hmm. And then in the lobby, this gallery area, they had all the art. And I'm like, okay, it's an art thing. And I did this gorgeous, just like one post display with swag of, of Gossamer to another display to another display. And it was gorgeous. Wow. And the doors opened, and they came in like a horde of bees. <laughs> and I just being, remember being so distraught because they did not eat symmetrically. <laughs> crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. So then fast forward, you you and Trevor hook up, and you start doing some products for Fresh Fork. I remember those days. Yeah, so we did a, a cancer benefit at the house. It was free will offering barbecue. And uh, we get about 100 people, raise about six, $700 a time. And Trevor shows up and says, hey, this is really great barbecue sauce. Can you make it from local tomatoes? And I was a member of Fresh Fork, and we've been buying hundreds of pounds of tomatoes for candy. And I'm like, of course I can. Yeah. And it was summer break. And so in a 20-quart roasting pan, <laughs> I knocked out 300 quarts of barbecue sauce for Labor Day. Oh, really? And I think I charged them $4 a bottle. And it was like all this unplanned money which, of course, we didn't bother with the cost of goods sold. <laughs> and so I just took this $1,200, and I bought the snowblower I still use to this day. Is that right? Um, <laughs> and that's how that started. And it's just like back into the school year, and Trevor would be like, hey, I've got all these leftover red peppers. And I'm like, drop them by the house. And yeah. we would do roasted red peppers. And all of these things that I was doing for my family, we just then scaled it. Yeah. And then when CCLK, formerly CCLK, opened up, it was an opportunity to pull it out of the house because at some point, even the gracious patience is that is my wife, 4,000 pounds of heirloom tomatoes in your front living room <laughs> apparently is the actual limit yeah. of a wife's of, patience. Of, yeah. In case you were wondering that's what that might at. be. Yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. God bless her because yeah. she's more patient than mine, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 3,500 pounds, she was good, but yeah, 4,000 pounds, it like was, here's mine. It was. <laughs> so you came in and you started making some products. What were some yeah. of your very first products? The barbecue sauce, I remember. So, I also remember my favorite was the uh, strawberry balsamic glaze. Mm-hmm. You still make that? So we make the strawberry balsamic in very rare occasions because strawberry balsamic is awesome. So we basically, again, my church had a strawberry festival and it rained. So we had like 300 pounds of leftover strawberries that nothing had been happening to them. We'd simply cut them. Yeah. So I bought them all from the church, brought them down to the kitchen. We roasted them, which really brings and concentrates that sugar, then pureed them with balsamic vinegar and just a small touch of additional sugar into this really beautiful, rich sauce. But it's one of those things that's phenomenal, but it does require an education to the consumer. How do I use this right, sauce? Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's very difficult to introduce something that new. Yeah. And at the time, there, I still to this day have my four hot sauces, my two barbecue sauces, my spice rub, three Bloody Mary mixes. And then, then it was the balsamic vinegar and the fig and chocolate spread, a blueberry spread, a peach grilling sauce— two salts. I do a hot cocoa seasonally for one client still. We do that. Um, and then we have all the bar products now. So there's only so much time. Yeah. yeah. Cocoa and fig. Oh, oh yeah. cocoa and fig. Was, What's oh, that about? Oh, that was good. It's literally, figs are one of my most favorite things in the world, but you get good figs for like 10 days, right? Okay. And so you take the figs that have lightly blemished and you puree them. And so you take maybe a pound of figs, 
four to five ounces of like a 70, 80% dark cocoa chocolate and a half cup of sugar. And you pray that all together and then you heat it until it's literally thermal. So like 185 degrees, so it's safe. And you put it into a jar and yeah. Wow. And ice cream. Toast. Toast. <laughs> Is it like a like a like a, a spread? Yeah. yeah, like a yeah. Nutella. Type. It's very Nutella. similar to Nutella. Okay, but awesome. It's got a fruit in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Sounds like it. That was one of the first things that went into the Market District okay. um, store. They were very supportive of that, and I was always excited about it because there's another company that makes it in Croatia. Oh wow! And well, like unbeknownst to you at the time. At the time, I did I didn't know. Okay, and, and I found this as a barrier going into grocery stores and trying to sell this for real because it's a beautiful pop product. It's a very tasty product. But my fun and games was there's a disclaimer on the Croatian product that says may contain stems and twigs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back, yeah. take a quick break for our sponsors. This is the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast sponsored by Heinen's. We're with Clark Pope, and we will be back. Do you have an amazing food product that's retail ready? If so, you should check out our class on delivering the perfect pitch. It's taught by Kim Heinen from Heinen's, and she heads up the category management team. She's going to take you through the key differentiators that'll set you and your product apart, as well as to give you the four P's of a perfect pitch. It really is a great roadmap to get you on retail shelves. So check that out at thecentral.kitchen classroom. This is Eric and David bringing you the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. We are back. Clark back. Pope in the house. Whose house? <laughs> the, house the, the Central Kitchen house or the lunchbox. So we are going to, this is going to be fun. We're going to taste some cocktails and we're going to hear about Clark being a musician in bars in downtown Cleveland. That's going to be. <laughs> so what, what's the first thing we're drinking? So... You know, it's kind of touch base. The end of the pandemic started up. They shut down the restaurants and grocery stores, right? We're doing just essentials. So I took my classic cocktail syrups made here at the uh, the lunch kitchen um, facility and made um, the first ready-to-drink resealable spirit-based pouch in the United States. So this is a 375-milliliter pouch as the equivalent of three ounces of 80-proof in a bag. And we have a mojito a blueberry lemonade and a whiskey smash. So, what are we gonna start with? Let's let's start off. Let's do a little bit of, of the of the mojito. Okay. Mojito is one of my most favorite drinks. It is a classic. It is very flavorful. It is cane sugar, mint, rum, and that is actually all that is in my product here. Mojito. The, the mojito, and is a beautiful drink. It's good, good for, for you and uh, tasty. Oh, it smells delicious. Mm. So in the bar world, it's a lot of work because you're going to have to muddle your um, sugar cube with the mint, and you're grinding that into the bottom of the glass to release the oils. And then you're just adding in your, your white rum. So in this case, we're taking um, fresh mint and lime juice and cane sugar with a white rum, and that's all that's in the bag. That is the, the mint delicious. is very prominent. Especially when you can smell it, but yeah. once you taste oh, it, yeah. it blends everything I so love that lime. smooth. Yeah, it's really light. It is very minty. It's a very mint forward, but it's supposed to be. 
Um, what's nice with this is you can do it right out of the pouch, ready to go, or put it with some ice cubes, a little sprig of mint, and a slice of lime, so you can fancy it up for your friends and family. Why the pouch? What 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 made you do that? So the pouch was a function of necessity. So when everything shut down and the governor of Ohio said you could do to-go drinks at the bars, people were struggling to find something to put it into. So when you're going into glassware, you know, that's very expensive. You're going into cans, that's specialty equipment. This pouch has got a resealable tip, and so all we needed was the funnel. So literally it was just buying these off the internet and printing up labels, and they were going out of the Academy Tavern on Larchmare, yeah. my buddy's bar, and very quickly realized how much people enjoyed this. And so it took 11 months to um, during the pandemic to get it licensed and up. Wow. Um, what was really fun, originally we were looking at about an 8-ounce, which is a solid, good-sized cocktail. And the federal government said, this is a non-traditional packaging. You must be 375 milliliters or 200 milliliters. Those are your only choices. Oh, uh. And I'm like, okay, so now we have what is 12.7 ounces, you know, 375. It is the equivalent of three ounces of 80-proof liquor. Awesome. <laughs> and you two are the first people to hear it. Awesome. The baby bag. Ooh, I love the baby bag. Yeah, so launching in the spring of 2022 will be the 200-milliliter pouch. Um, we will still be doing the large pouches for retail. And the 200-milliliter pouch, we're going to be targeting concessions, um, event spaces. So they're doing, it's basically a 1.76 ounces of liquor per bag. Um, very flavorful, same ingredient, same recipe. That's cool. Um, just more of a one person, one shot. So when you go to the concession stand, it's going to be maybe 12 bucks yeah. and you can go back. Whereas right now, most concessions are doing them from 18 to 22 because it's a one-time shot. So a little different packaging. That's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. It's exciting. I feel like you need to sell IV drips with this. <laughs> <laughs> like, and just plug people right in. Give them the thing, they can walk through. <laughs> I mean, they do specially make those bags for, for Halloween, and we've given it great thought. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I think like a cranberry lime. Yeah, and just, yeah just, we'd be rocking that. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right, what's up next? Oh, man. Uh, what's so, the choice? We got whiskey smash. We should go for eliminate. the whiskey smash. All right, so, let's do the whiskey smash. We can use the same drink, same glassware if you you finished off. By the way, I'm getting hammered because there's no ice, and this is straight to the head. Warm body <laughs> temperature. So... <laughs> A whiskey smash. So a smash, um, by classical bartending definition, is any cocktail, liquor, rum, vodka, whiskey, etc., that is going to be mint with a piece of fruit. So you can have a blackberry smash, a blueberry smash, a lemon smash. So it just has to be mint and fruit. mint and fruit. Okay. And you would basically, again, you would beat that down to the bottom of your glass, get the mint oils to release, mush up your fruit, and you'd add your whiskey. In this case, this is a young whiskey. It's non-aged. You can see how clear it is. Yeah. It's not that really rich bourbon color. And we did this because once you have aged in a barrel and you get those beautiful spices and notes for whiskey, it doesn't do well with fresh lemon. Ah. By having a young raw whiskey, it takes that lemon juice really nicely. And I find this to be almost a whiskey-based mojito. This is delicious. It, it, okay. <laughs> Delicious. I don't like whiskey. And I love this. Thank you. This is delicious. It is, man. This I could drink. This is dangerous, actually. Yeah, it's really, really lovely. And it's the hardest one. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't like whiskey. I don't know whiskey. I'm like, go ahead and try it. And then you'll get some people are like, I love my whiskeys and bourbons. And they're like, I don't know if I'm gonna like it because a good scotch or deep bourbon drinker is not adding lemonade. Yeah, right. Right. So that's where this one is so special because it is that raw. Soft whiskey, 
goes very, very well with the lemon. And when you say a young whiskey. So it's just unaged. Okay. Right? So, like, you know, when things are bonded, they're going to be aged for, you know, 24, 36 months, right? right? Bourbon, by law, is aged in a new oak barrel, right? Doesn't say how long it's aged. It has to be aged. This is completely unaged. So no barrel, just No barrel, just fresh. Okay. Fresh whiskey, and it's got that light yellow color, and that's from the lemon juice, mm-hmm. instead of having that deep oak feel to it. Is it true that it has to be aged in a barrel that came from Kentucky? No. Gotcha. No. Kentucky is the home of bourbon. Okay. But bourbon, by law in the United States, is 51% corn, aged in a new American oak barrel. Gotcha. Those are the only requirements. So our friends at Cleveland Whiskey here in downtown Cleveland, yep. they have a bourbon. Right, because they do age it, right, and it is an American oak barrel, and they have their own processes to to get their flavor profile, yeah. right. So Kentucky does well. The limestone that most of Kentucky is, um, those aquifers, mm-hmm. they've filtered it through that limestone, so mm. that water has its own literal chemical composition, it, it's distinct, oh, wow. and it's very distinct. But um, yeah, and but it is fun if you go down to Louisville, you can go to Cooperstown, where they actually make the barrels and have a distillery in-house. And so they're actually, you can go in and watch them make the barrels. It's really kind of cool. That's cool. So were you ever a bartender? I bartended in college. Okay. I was technically part of the kitchen staff and would fill in. Gotcha. And I'm now the vice president of the United States Bartenders Guild, the Cleveland chapter, and I do bartending. Yes. But I have never made a solitary living Living. just behind the bar. Right, right, right. Well, you definitely have the personality for it. That's yeah. super cool. So so for those of you who were um, drinking at Miami at attractions <laughs> in the early 90s, that, that, would have been the, that would have been the bar. Shout out to Miami, University of Miami, huh? Love and honor. That's mm-hmm. it. All right, so let's try the uh, blueberry lemonade, and then I want to hear about your— well, Let's get hammered first, and then we can let you talk. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> okay, so we're—I feel like so, I'm opening my own pack. So. I should I should— this is the blueberry lemonade. Now, again, each one of these pouches, gentlemen, is the equivalent of three ounces of 80-proof liquor. So it is two cocktails in a bag right now. So you're basically, if we divide this equally by three, you're drinking a shot per bag. So that's three shots per podcast. Um, disclaimer, you do want to make sure that you are uh, waiting before you try foam. Good, good thing we ate. Good thing we had lunch. Lunch was lovely. Thank you, David. Nice baked potato. Yeah, no problem. You put a time stamp on this. There you go. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Clink, 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 clink. Now this, this okay, pretty. it's a very, thank you, you stole my words. I was going to comment on the optics of this. It's very uh, pretty. It's got a nice red tint to it. Ooh. And it reminds me of the holidays for some it reason. It does remind me of the holidays, but this, uh, this one would be dangerous. Too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is, goes down like. Yeah, this goes down Ooh, literally like a softened butter. That's vodka. Yeah. 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 That's, what that's, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah, this it's is a so vodka smooth. cocktail. It's very smooth. And the color's great. So I do not add any coloring agents to any of my products. This is natural color? This is natural color. Wow. This is what happens when you take blueberries and add fresh lemon juice. Get the hell you out of that. You get that soft purple color. This right? is nice. And, and that's why I'm very proud. My product is actually Circle U Kosher certified. And you can go to any of the front packages. It's like the mojito is rum, lime juice, mint, and cane sugar. The blueberry is vodka, blueberries, lemon juice, and cane sugar. That's my stuff right here. Bro. Right? This is 
The, the, this right here, I gotta, yeah, I gotta I give it up. I, yeah. Like yeah. The, all of this stuff all of is really delicious. good. I think I gotta go with the whiskey smash too. Yeah, you favorite. you intrigue it's me as quite... an entrepreneur though. You you do a lot. You do you a can... lot. You absolutely <laughs> do a lot. Yeah. I mean, and you do a lot of good too. I try. I try. I firmly believe above all else that when you're asking a community to support you, you've got to go backwards and support your community. Yeah. Whether that is Great. other entrepreneurs, the people that you live with. We actually do a lot of work for many, many years, for about 20, well, the entirety of my relationship with my wife, we've been married 21 years. So we've been 22 years together as a couple working and volunteering with Playhouse Square downtown. Oh, wow. Congrats. That's oh. awesome. The last several years, doing a lot of work with the Cleveland Food Bank. Very cool. When they do their their bartend, their community events and they have a bar, I go in and help organize and run the bar for them. Very cool. You got to. Yep. Right? If I want the community to support me, I have to support the community. That's true. And we see that, Eric, all the time. All from the time. from all the cities we've gone to, the people who are successful, the entrepreneurs and the businesses that thrive are the ones who give back. Right. Whether it's silently or what, they're always a part of something in some kind of philanthropic or charitable way. And that's one of the great things about kind of the community that's been created at Central Kitchen mm-hmm. is I think everybody, most everybody has that philosophy of giving back, treating their employees correctly, um, understanding that, as you said, Clark, people are supporting you. I need to support them back mm-hmm. as as kind of a thank you. And let's be face it, it's just we all need a little bit more kindness in this world right now. Yeah, we all do. And yeah. uh, there's nothing like spreading kindness with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, this, well, yeah, this, it gets you, know, you in a good mood quick. It gets quick. you in a good mood. But for, 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 for clarification, it's not always about money either, right? Right. You right. know, your, your friend is going to be doing holiday casseroles, mm-hmm. you know, some things for the house. Mm-hmm. Put that up on on your your social media. Share that. Encourage that. You know, because people know you're in the food business. Mm-hmm. You know, they they know David. David's a cook. And does does wonderful meals with the food. So when he says, "Hey, this chef is doing this cool thing," it gives them credit. Yeah, right. right? It gives yep. credence. Um, that's why from the beginning, I've always pushed that CCLK, which was Cleveland Culinary Lunch Kitchen in the original formulation before before Cleveland Food Hub, that we branded our things. Yes. You know, our code numbers actually had CCLK as well as your product Product number so that everybody knew you came out of the shared use kitchen and we built on each other's reputations. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's so cool. It's just so cool to see how far people like you have come starting out in the kitchen and I don't know. I mean, the community that has been created has been phenomenal. It is. It is. And I got to give you a personal shout out too because- you know, you're, he's down working, and we got the craft food classroom that runs from like s- five to seven. And he comes up when it's over, and we have 15 <laughs> clients or, or students in the class. And he he gets in front and he starts talking to them, and they all just tune in and listen because he's the yeah. visual representation of what they're trying to be. What they want to go right. right, and it's like, wow, you took the time, and he came in. And he looked like he had been working. And you know what I mean? And it's like, he, he was like, don't bother me. Don't say anything to me. Just let me talk. And they and they shut up and listened. And they all were better for it. So I got to say yeah. thank you because oh, that, you. just that, that, just that, you coming back to give them what we say, permission? Permission. Permission to, to be the next Clark Pope. That's huge. Well, thank you. We were actually down in the kitchen making the holiday batch of the cranberry lime cocktail syrup. Ooh. Wait a second. Hold on. Time out. What? A oh, holiday yeah. batch of cranberry lime. So it's not, it's not an actual cocktail for the pouches. <laughs> okay. That's in the future. But every year I take about 120, now the math on this, 120 pounds of cranberries, 16 gallons of water. Wow. Three gallons of lime juice. 
and cane sugar. And that will turn into basically 14 cases of 750 milliliter bottles. Wow. Really? So each case of my cranberry cocktail syrup for the bars has nine and a half pounds of fresh cranberries in that case. That's crazy. <laughs> That's more than ocean spray. It's more than ocean spray. Thanksgiving. <laughs> By that a lot. can of gelatinous slop, it doesn't even have that much cranberry <laughs> yeah. in it. Yeah, so we, we came up. So I, someone's like, oh, they got class tonight. You should go up. So I went up, and, and you're like, Clark, you got five minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, let's go. Yeah, he killed it. Um, but it was funny because two of them had already contacted me oh, wow. in advance and had questions. And then two of them since then have reached out. Because I believe that. Don't make my mistake. Right, right. I've made the mistake. I've paid for the mistake emotionally, mentally, monetarily. Mm-hmm. Learn from me. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna pour myself a little bit more uh, whiskey smash. Yeah, we're me gonna too. take a break. Go ahead and try to get home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is Eric and David bringing you the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. We will be back. This is Eric David bringing you the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. We are back. We're back with Clark and his awesome uh, beverages, alcohol, alcoholic beverages. <laughs> I'm going to be dancing on the table here in a minute. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's a good point. I, I already am in my mind. So where can we get these at, Clark? So very exciting. So, you know, I have 37 products on the market. So it is important to distinguish that these are fully alcoholed cocktails ready to drink right out of the bag. Keep them in your refrigerator, put them on ice, pour them over ice. No need to freeze them. They're ready to go. And I also have my, my Bloody Marys, which are lovely. Will they freeze? They will freeze, but there's so much alcohol in them, they don't freeze very well. Yeah. So you kind of have to crunch them up and turn them into slushies, yeah. which is fun. But I am excited to say that you can go to, I believe we're in 17 Heinen's right now. Shout out Heinen's. So it's very exciting. They have, of course, the Pope's Bloody Mary in the traditional and bold. And then separately over in the wine and beer section, you will find displays of the Pope's in a pouch. Your, awesome, your Bloody Mary mix is always a staple for Thanksgiving morning at Thank our you. household. Um, Interesting. Yeah, very, yeah. very much. Yeah. Works well for drinking and tossing with pasta. You know, a little leftover um, turkey, chop that up, a little fresh pasta, Bloody Mary. Ooh. I also nice. use the Bloody Mary in, uh, it's my tomato, my tomato soup base. Yep. yep. It's a phenomenal. Yep, tomato soup, chili. Chili's I use food. it in my yeah. spaghetti sauce. Yeah. Spaghetti sauce. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the very classic four ounces of Pope's Bloody Mary mix. Handful of ice, two ounces of vodka, hard shake, garnished with pickle, olive, and shrimp. Oh, interesting. Dang. So I've never had anything that thick. Yeah, like like that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a trip. So, so it's, it's like a meal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is absolutely a meal. And funny you should say that. The Ohio Department of Agriculture <laughs> just decided that my Bloody Mary is ready to drink because it's so much juice. And nutrient in it, it doesn't need to be considered a mixer. Oh, yeah, wow. You said it the other oh, day about cool. the percentage yeah. of juice. Yeah. Can so you I, say that again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's so I, amazing. I had to get a new license. So we're now producing yeah. a ready-to-drink product, which is to, for a mixer. And new labels coming out. And so coming up in the next batch, we will be in one-liter bottles. So a little bit bigger bottle. And it is going to be um, the bold is 33 
50% juice wow. by volume. Wow. And, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, what's the, the rest of it? Well, the rest of it is like the tomatoes. <laughs> right, right. And the jalapenos and the horseradish and the black peppers, et cetera, and the Worcestershire yeah, sauce. Yeah, the W sauce. Worcestershire is what we call it, dub sauce. Such a fun word. <laughs> and then the traditional, I kid you not, the traditional is like 48% juice. Dang. And I will put that up against any other Bloody Mary mix in the country. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, hell yeah, you would. Yeah. And the difference there is all of the tomatoes are sourced out of Sandusky County through the Herzl Family Co-op. Oh, I love Herzl Family. And those are also available um, as the DiFratelli tomatoes. You see those also at Hyman's. Yes, you do. That's the same group. And so very proud that all my tomatoes are Ohio sourced. Mm -hmm. And we're using real tomatoes. We're not using pastes and water. We're actually using crushed tomatoes. That's That's awesome, man. That means a lot, too. I mean, in this world where people can take shortcuts all the time, you do it with whole foods, whole ingredients. Yep. Wholesome products. Yeah, we, we, we're trying to, to, to make sure we represent well ourselves, our family, our, our community, and, and to have a good product. Well, Clark, this has been a pleasure having you on. And uh, it's also been a pleasure watching you grow and becoming friends over the years. And congratulations on your success. Congratulations on these products. They're phenomenal. I urge everyone to run out and grab them. I do, too. Thank and you. I, I do. I do. And it, it, like I said earlier, and I mean it. You inspire me, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I can speak for the class. You inspire a lot of people, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, for sure. And stay tuned for the new Flaming River, a vodka cocktail available this spring at your local high Can't wait. Awesome. Until then, this is Eric and David bringing you the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. We're out. Peace. Peace. Thanks for joining on the Craft Food Classroom Podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by Central Kitchen Media. To learn more about what we're doing, visit us at thecentral.kitchen. Please subscribe to this podcast to learn more about food entrepreneurs and their experience in the craft food business. The Craft Food Classroom Food Business Course teaches students exactly what they need to know to succeed in the craft food industry and avoid pitfalls and costly mistakes. You can use the code PODCAST21 at checkout for 10% off. The Craft Food Classroom is a comprehensive and in-depth five-part online go-at-your-own-pace course that will provide everything needed to build a thriving food business. Each module includes a video, presentation, workbook, and quiz. To learn more, visit classroom.thecentral.kitchen. This podcast is brought to you by Heinen's. Founded in 1929 in Shaker Heights, Ohio, by local butcher Joe Heinen, Heinen's has grown to 23 total locations, with 19 stores in the Cleveland area and four in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. After years of building connection with Midwest farmers, it became a part of Heinen's nature to do business with smaller regional companies. Today, Heinen's is proud to carry nearly 700 Midwest-made non-produce items that are present in all departments. For more information, go to Heinen's.com.